Hello, and welcome to the January 26th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on private investment in Angola, U.S. Cape Verde relations, transport and energy infrastructure in Mozambique and Portugal, Timor-Leste accession to the World Trade Organization, Miranda's acknowledgement by Chambers and Partners as Lusophone Africa Law Firm of the Year, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Teresa, over to you. We start this week's episode with news that Africa has been considered the second fastest growing region in 2024, according to the International Research Unit Economic Intelligence. As stated by Economic Intelligence, African GDP is expected to rise by 3.2% in 2024, up from 2.6% in 2023, and 12 of the 20 fastest growing economies in the world in 2024 will be in Africa. East Africa will have a significant impact on the continent's growth prospects, driven by the boom of the services sector in the region. The report highlights specific sectors such as travel, tourism and hospitality, transport and logistics, and the financial and telecommunications industries. On the other hand, economic intelligence predicts that resource-intensive countries and significant commodity exporters on the continent will continue to prosper in addition to East Africa. Angola stands out as one of the top five highly strategic investment destinations in Africa for 2024, reports Nigerian newspaper Business Day. According to the Daily, efforts to boost hydrocarbon production through projects such as Total Energy's Begonia Oil Field, Angola LNG, and the Agogo Oil Field, and the advancement of refining capacity through the construction of three new facilities reaffirmed the country's long-term development plan and investment potential. In the field of renewable energy, the country is eager to capitalize on untapped resources and is inviting developers and key players to invest in the industry. In addition, the country's privatization program is a crucial initiative that will boost private and foreign investment throughout the economy. The Angola head of state, João Lourenço, has authorized the opening of the public tender for the privatization of 39 hotels from the IU, IKA and Bina chains, built across the country's 18 provinces. According to the Presidential Order No. 19-24 of 11 January, the privatization of these hotels, hotel units, is part of the privatization program PROPRIV, from 2023 to 2026. Angolan National Oil Company Sonangol launched a simplified international tender based on material criteria for the import of petroleum products. 14 companies have been invited to put forward their proposals. According to the country's private investment and export promotion agency, APEX, the Angolan economy has attracted 1.7 billion US dollars as a result of the implementation of 211 projects over the last five years, in a range of different fields essentially linked to the productive sector. 
with an emphasis on the manufacturing industry, agriculture, trade, among others. With the level of project implementation received below the desired level, mainly due to the COVID-19 pandemic, IPEX had to redirect itself towards a new strategy in order to focus essentially on attracting investments aimed at the local production of self-consumption goods. Upon his first visit to Cape Verde, the U.S. Secretary of State declared the country's full commitment to building a partnership with Africa with Cape Verde as the gateway to the continent. To the U.S. Secretary of State, this is a partnership based fundamentally on shared values, as well as shared interests. He also underlined the fact that Cape Verde is the first country to complete two MCC compacts and has been selected for FUD, which will focus on regional connectivity, integration and strengthening economic ties between countries on the west coast of Africa. To Cape Verdean Prime Minister Ulisse Correia Silva, this partnership would entail a regional and global perspective with a structured and predictable basis, with Cape Verde wanting to strengthen the U.S.-Cape Verde relations in terms of political and diplomatic dialogue, attracting investment and exports, training, science and technology. Cameroon is one of 25 African countries invited to the second edition of the UK-Africa Investment Summit to negotiate investments and possibly sign agreements. With the summit, the British government intends to build on the results of the first summit to boost the country's investment in Africa, particularly Cameroon, in various sectors such as finance, technology, agriculture, and energy, especially renewable energy. In addition, trade relations between London and Hyundai are on the rise. In its trade and investment briefing, updated on 21 December 2023, the UK Department for Business and Trade reveals that the weight of trade between Cameroon and the UK amounted to £699 million in 2023 which represents an increase of 4.2% from the previous year. The Banque de Développement des États de l'Afrique Centrale, BDAC, announced its readiness to support the Transition Committee for the Restoration of Institutions in the Area of Infrastructure, in particular the construction of bridges and roads. The President of the Gabonese Committee expressed the bond's gratitude for the institution's commitment and stated that the collaboration will strengthen their common vision for a prosperous Gabon. Operating in West and Central Africa, notably in countries like Cameroon, Equatorial Guinea, the Republic of the Congo and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the Swiss oil group Macau is looking to invest in Gabon in several sectors. The group, which for the past 25 years has specialized in trading and supplying energy to customers in Africa and beyond, was recently granted an audience with the Minister of Petroleum. The United Nations Development Programme, UNDP, made $3.4 million available to finance modern energy production projects in Guinea-Bissau by supporting forest-dependent communities and is very eager to work with the Guinea-Bissau authorities on the issue of producing alternative forms of energy, 
the country's Minister for the Environment, Biodiversity and Climate Action, considered the UNDP to be Guinea-Bissau's indispensable partner and highlighted the fact that it was the institution chosen by the international community to accompany the actions carried out by the authorities over the last 30 years. The minister also stated that the amount was made available under the Global Environmental Facility and is managed by the UNDP, and noted that the country's government is committed to complying with the international agreements made under all environmental protocols. During the Mozambique-India Business Forum, Mozambican President Philippe Musi presented the existing investment opportunities in the areas of agriculture, mining, energy and mineral resources, which have been defined by the government as strategic for Mozambique's development. The head of state has also assured potential investors that the country offers excellent opportunities for foreign direct investment, highlighting the agricultural and electricity sectors as the most promising. At the event, the Mozambican Chamber of Commerce and the Confederation of Indian Industries signed a memorandum of understanding focused on mobilizing investors for priority sectors, such as agriculture, energy and mineral resources. In addition to this memorandum, two others were signed, one with the Open University of India and the third one with an NGO that aims to support rural women. The Mozambican government has committed to a railway line between the city of Baira and Harare, the capital of neighboring Zimbabwe. The infrastructure has an estimated cost of $1.7 billion and should rely on the participation of financial institutions, development agencies and the private sector. The country is determined to make its railway and port infrastructures efficient and modern, with a view to speeding up the deepening of regional integration, with the government emphasizing the two governments' commitment to promoting trade facilitation by improving the mobility and movement of people and goods. A 150 million US dollar power project is being developed in Mozambique by Amea Power, the Dubai-based company which entered Mozambique with the support of the Dubai International Chamber, signed a partnership agreement with Mozambique's Hydropower to develop the 125-megawatt Mutambo solar photovoltaic power plant, expected to reduce carbon emissions by around 232,900 tons per year. The plant will play a crucial role in meeting the electricity demands and supporting the country's energy transition, providing electricity to more than 150,000 homes and is expected to create over 1,500 jobs during the construction phase. The government announced a $29 million investment in the construction of a new crossing over the Zambezi River in Tete province in the center of the country, with a view to replacing the 50-year-old Samotama Shell Bridge, which is showing structural problems. The new bridge will handle all the light and heavy cargo from Zambia and other countries in the hinterland to the port of Bada in Sofala province. In the meantime, and while the money is being mobilized to build the new infrastructure, a 220-meter-long temporary bridge 
will be built at a cost of $7 million. Portugal launched a public tender for the construction of the first section of the high-speed rail project between Lisbon and Porto. The tender concerns the Porto-Oyen section, budgeted at 1.9 billion euros, which is the first phase of the project that aims to connect Portugal's two largest cities in one hour and 15 minutes. The launch of this tender for a public-private partnership for the design, construction, maintenance and financing is considered crucial for Portugal to apply for the 729 million euro funds from the Connecting Europe facility to finance the project. Infrastructures of Portugal hopes to be able to finalize the tender procedures for the first public-private partnership for the high-speed line by mid-2025 and then start work on the project. Iberdrola and Norway's Sovereign Wealth Fund, managed by Nordbank Investment Management, announced the co-investment of more than 2 billion euros in Spain and Portugal over the next three years. The companies are adding more than 1,300 megawatts of renewable energy. 674 megawatts are already signed up and the rest will be included in the coming months. To their agreement signed last year, bringing the total renewable capacity to 2,600 megawatts. On the new capacity, the 674 megawatts of renewables, 40% is wind power and the other 60% is photovoltaic. In addition, the alliance will have an additional 343.5 megawatts of solar capacity in operation and under development exclusively. The Portuguese Environment Agency has announced that the environmental licensing process for the Lithium Battery Industrial Unit project, promoted by China Aviation Lithium Battery Technology, CALP, in Sinus, is already underway, with public consultation taking place between 19 January and 29 February. The investment plan by the Chinese battery giant is around 2 billion euros for an installed capacity of almost 43 million cells per year, with a daily production of 23,400 cells for each of the five production lines. The project has already been classified as a project of national interest by the government in 2023, which means, for example, that it will have priority in its connection to the national electricity grid. Turkey's Albayrak Group is expanding its investments in Africa with a strategic investment, a 25-year concession agreement for the rehabilitation, modernization, expansion and operation of the conventional terminals of Pont Noir port in the Republic of Congo. As part of this agreement, Iberac Group is planning a significant investment of 401 million euros in Pont Noir port covering infrastructure improvements, screening processes, logistics warehouses, truck parts, and the acquisition of modern port equipment, which should rapidly increase the port's cargo handling capacity. In addition to port-related projects, Alborac Group has initiated efforts to modernize Brazzaville's public transportation system, renew bus fleets, and provide modern mass transit services to the country. In São Tomé and Príncipe, 
Prime Minister Patrice Truvada stated the concession of strategic st state companies to private management is the government's main priority and that the agreement signed with French company AGL to operate the National Port Administration Company, Port, had not been annulled. The head of government also guaranteed that an international tender had been opened for ENASA, which manages the country's airports and that state electricity company Amai will follow. Timor-Leste's World Trade Organization accession package was approved by consensus, and the country will join the organization during the WTO's 13th Ministerial Conference, taking place in February in Abu Dhabi. The Timorese government highlighted Timor-Leste's commitment to becoming a more active participant in international trade, capable of defending its values and interests on the road to sustainable development and that the work will continue in the post-succession period, in line with Timor-Leste's parallel membership of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN. On the other hand, WTO paid tribute to the President of the Republic, José Ramzorta, for his leadership in the accession process, and noted that, despite all challenges, Timor-Leste has become an example of how to use the accession process to reform and modernize the country's economy, accelerate growth, and address the constraints of the least developed countries, including the various commitments made, notably in market access. WTO members also expressed their eagerness to welcome Timor-Leste as a new WTO member and emphasized that the conclusion of the negotiations represents a milestone that will have a positive impact on the country's economic development and integration into the multilateral trading system. The WTO members also highlighted that Timor-Leste has set a high standard in the swift and effective way it has conducted the accession process and encouraged the country to keep up the momentum in the post-accession phase. Lastly, we are very happy to share that Mirada was once again acknowledged by Chambers and Partners as Lusophone Africa Law Firm of the Year for the fifth time in a row, making Miranda the only law firm to have won this award since its first edition in 2018. According to Chambers, the awards recognize a law firm's preeminence in key jurisdictions in the region. They also reflect achievements over the past 12 months, including outstanding work, impressive strategic growth, and excellence in client service. Congratulations to Miranda and all of the Miranda Alliance family, and a special thanks to our colleagues, clients, friends, and peers who made this award possible and who have contributed to making Miranda the go-to firm for Lusophone Africa over the last three decades. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers.
This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Teresa Garcia Andre from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.